0: While you're up there, even if the audience hates your fucking guts, they're not thinking about the bills they have to pay. They're not thinking about their relationships, their jobs, anything. They're just thinking about how much they hate your guts. And while you're up on stage for that 15 or 20 or 30 or whatever minutes you're up there, you're not thinking about the bills you have to pay. You're not thinking about your strifes in life. So in that moment, it's a mutually beneficial relationship and we're providing each other an escape that won't kill us that is why we do it that's the homeostasis is you're literally providing fun for people
1: hello and welcome to another episode of comedy babble i'm your host trent babb and this one is a banger we have national touring comedian dave yates and man does he unleash so much good advice and do nots of the stand-up world and i just want to get to it right away because i got a special guest right here dave yates on the comedy babble We just got done with the show here at Spirits Lounge in Hanford, California. Little rowdy crowd, older crowd. I liked it. Did you like it, Dave?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, these are always fun. Um, the dive bar is, uh, it goes one of two ways. It's either fucking phenomenal or it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it was fun, you know. Uh, I had some, a couple hecklers and, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, this is real life. Welcome to real life.
1: <laughs> uh, you got to love what you do, right? Right. You got to reach for the stars, right, Dave? <laughs>
0: reach for those stars, man. The, the stars, bro. The stars is, is, is as high as you can go, bro. As high as the stars. And you, just, if you think you're the stars, you, you'll be in the stars, bro. <laughs> this is for anybody listening. There was this fucking jolly fella. Jolly. Yeah. Jolly fella. And it, it was like... You get two types of people sometimes after a show, like fucking that, like you know, really like what you did, and like, hey, that was funny, and then they leave, and then there's like the really like the hyped up people. They're like, bro, you're gonna be on TV one day, and that this was this guy, <laughs> and his whole mantra was like, reach for the stars, cause the stars are the limit, bro, and like the stars are as high as you can go. And for like 10 minutes, Trent and I were sitting out by the car trying to get in to do the podcast. And he's <laughs> like, I'm going to leave you on this. And we're like, all right. And he's like, the stars, bro. <laughs> it's as high as you can go. Re- reaching for the stars, bro. Uh,
1: Dave Yates, I'm so glad you're here. Please tell the
0: listeners why they should listen to you. <laughs> um Uh, So I'm an 11-year comedy veteran. Uh, I have an album on SiriusXM Radio called One Long Merch Pitch. Uh, I've made my entire living with stand-up comedy the past four years out of my 11 years. And I'm a professional comic. It it is my only job. Um, You know, I do freelance writing, and I write jokes for people, and I write for uh, YouTube shows. And so, you know, I make money in other ways, but, like, I'm my own boss, So, like, what I'm saying about comedy, I know only as much as someone who's been doing it uh, almost 12 years. It's over a decade I've been doing this. And I'm a firm believer that, like, everything that was passed down to me, I pass on to someone who's newer than me. Because me teaching you how to do this business or teaching you how to read a room or how to even make money doing stand-up comedy does not take money out of my pocket. I'm an everybody eats guy. So like, you know, why listen to me? I don't know. Like, you don't have to. But like, you could take the experience of someone with 12 years and maybe learn something that I had to learn the hard way. I started in the middle of nowhere, Illinois. Like, I started in central Illinois. That's where I started doing comedy, about two hours south of Chicago. And so where I started, there was a club, luckily enough. So like, I didn't have a comedy scene like my comedy scene really like there was people that did comedy and there was people that were further along in comedy than me. And I looked up to those people and I kept working hard. And like, I always said to myself, like I might not be the funniest person right now, but I'll be damned if I'm not the most useful and, <laughs> and useful goes a long way. Someone who's willing to pass out flyers or help out around the club or like just be there Wednesday through Saturday. Cause you love being around comedy. And I got so many opportunities and guest spots because I was just there and helpful, and useful, and so like, as far as the first do nots, uh, do not not take in the room before you get up there, so we're in a small dive bar, and there's probably about 45, 50 people in the room, middle, median age is probably like 40, and up that's the show we just did tonight yeah, yeah. perfect example yeah this is just and, what happened and it's like and and the drinks are strong and they're not expensive so people are fucking tying one on on a monday when you're new in comedy when you do a place like this you can look around and make jokes about the environment Like, don't shit on the venue but you can make jokes Never. you could you could make jokes about the environment what you see what someone's wearing who someone looks like, you know, like just real quick because you've got 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds to convince them to pay attention to you because you're not famous. If you're, do- if you're doing, no offense, Spirits Bar uh-huh. in Hanford, California, you ain't famous. No. And so like nobody knows who you are A- and-, and they're looking at you and they've already prejudged you. And so, like, you, if you can hit them real quick, 10, 15 seconds, then they'll start paying attention to you. Or you could do what I did tonight, and I, I chose, and this is to control the energy of the room, you have the microphone. So just don't say anything for a, a while. Sit in the silence. Until everybody quiets down, you could just, I sat there, and with a smile on my face, and I was just nodding and looking around the room. And it forced people to stop, because they're like, why isn't he talking? And and so that forced them to pay attention. So like I didn't even have to tell a joke for the first 15 seconds and I controlled the room. It's, it's all psychological. Like learning how to pay attention and listen is just as important as writing a good joke from a performance standpoint. So like at the top of the, the, the show, we were talking about this dive uh, and, and yeah, like,
1: especially here. That's what I was just thinking. You know, the crowd work in a way. So, you know, you have to be more interactive well, with cr- a smaller it's, crowd. Crowd like massaging. This. It's more. It's crowd it, massaging. Is it, that what you just said? Yeah, I like,
0: love that. It's more. It's <laughs> crowd massaging more than it is crowd work because crowd work is a device, and we all use it when you get good enough to do like break from your set, and you learn how to push a pause button on your act, and then go interact and do your things or address something that happened in the room, and then you start right back where you left off. Because there's a through line. And like I would much rather just tell my jokes. But in an environment like this, you have to adapt. You adapt or die. You can't just be rigid up there. Because if they smell fear on you, if they smell that you're uncomfortable, or even if they smell you're annoyed. um, Which, you know, as far as if I was going to give myself uh, a note on my set tonight, is I was annoyed by a couple different things that happened. Mm -hmm. You know? Good thing you recorded it so you can see yourself annoyed. Oh, yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah i mean i record all the this audio guy. and all the video of everything i do and it's the hardest thing to watch yourself oh yeah but it's how you get better at this one of the first like bookers i i was ever around um and and it was uh i was i was in there's some do not coming <laughs> so I, I was hosting i was hosting at the jukebox comedy club in peoria which was my home club for Roy Wood jr And Roy is not only one of the funniest humans on the planet, he's one of the nicest guys ever. And this is before Roy got fucking super-duper famous. Like, I think he was just coming up on the Sullivan & Sons TV show stuff. If you don't know who Roy Wood Jr. is, watch his shit. He's the funniest and the nicest. And I was hosting for Roy one night, and there was five drunk ladies, and they were all, like, 45-plus, maybe early 50s, which is probably more accurate and they were being hecklers. And so your job as the host, and learning how to be a good host is super important, but your job as the host is to, like, address that kind of shit, you know? Like, hey, ladies, like, come on. Like, we're all having a good time. Da, 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 da. So, like, a few times, like, a couple of the comics that went up, like, the the guest spot and, like, the, the, you know, and they were just still going at it. And then at one point, and I'm only, like, maybe four, five years in, about four years in when I was, like, And I just said, you know what, ladies? You know why you're all sitting alone there? It's probably because you're all divorced, because no one wants to deal with your asses. (laughs) And the whole room was just like, oh.
1: Oh, no, you
0: didn't. Well, no, I went too hard. Yeah, man. I went too hard, because I was mad. And after the show, Roy and I were talking, and he was laughing. He's like, man, that was super funny, because it was funny. But he's like, I'm going to tell you something. Table full of five older white ladies will fight you all day long. You know who they won't fight? The entire audience. So your job in a moment like that is to find a way to get the whole audience on your side against those ladies. And then they'll shut the fuck up. Right? And he's like, you hosting for me for the rest of the week? And I said, no, man, I'm going to showcase for a dude in Indianapolis to get some work. He's like, oh, I know that dude. You tell him that Roy Wood Jr. says hello. He used to give me a lot of work back in the day. So I went to go showcase in Indianapolis. I walked straight up to the booker. I said, hey... I'm Dave Yates. I'm here to showcase uh, uh, for you. And I have a message from Roy Wood Jr. He says to say hello. He's like, oh, you know Roy? I'm like, yeah, I just opened for Roy last night. He's like, when's your set? I'm like, I'm going up first. He's like, okay, I'll make sure I watch you. I get up there and I do my, my solid 10 to 15. He goes, all right, we'll book you. How much time do you got? And I said, honestly, sir? I'm real solid in the 20 to 25 minutes, and I could probably stretch it to 30. He's like, perfect. Thanks for being honest. And he started giving me casino gigs because of that. And so, like, the reason I started getting paid feature work is because Roy fucking vouched for me. And he'd have to do that. And he was nice. So, like, anybody out here in comedy who doesn't think that you could fucking be kind to new people and it won't make a difference and make the overall arc of the business better, you're a fucking fool, like, everybody eats or get the fuck out of here. Like, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to give me that do not. He didn't have to give me that advice. And I carried it with me. And tonight was a good example.
1: You ever get tired of comedy? No. Great. See, that's why you're still doing it 12 years. No.
0: If it never, if it's ever stops not being the most fun you can do, like, there, there's a lot of aspects of this business that suck donkey dicks. Like, the constant rejection and putting yourself out there and creating. But, like, while you're on stage, if you can remember this while you're up there, even if the audience hates your fucking guts, they're not thinking about the bills they have to pay. They're not thinking about their relationships, their jobs, anything. They're just thinking about how much they hate your guts. And while you're up on stage for that 15 or 20 or 30 or whatever minutes you're up there, you're not thinking about the bills you have to pay. You're not thinking about your strifes in life. So in that moment, it's a mutually beneficial relationship and we're providing each other an escape that won't kill us. All right. And so that is why we do it. That's the homeostasis. Is you're literally providing fun for people. They get to push pause on their life. So if you want to get up there and fucking remind people of their fucking dismal lives, okay, fine, but like they get enough of that on TV. Like write jokes like fucking Carlin didn't start doing like I like it when a lot of people die until he was in his 70s if you watch the George Carlin documentary if you're a young comic go watch it's it's about four hours of two episodes is wonderfully done and you get to watch a man start one type of comedy then realize it wasn't the type of comedy he wanted to do then pivoted to another type of comedy and then realize he couldn't keep doing that type of comedy so he started doing another type of comedy and then he started being irrelevant again and then his give a fuck tank became empty and he started started writing jokes about abortion and conservatives and liberals and that you could tell how good a comic Carlin was because right now people from both sides of the aisle are still sharing his jokes like he gave a fuck about their position yeah right And, and like that's you know remain teachable like if you're new in comedy go watch comedy go watch people that are better than you doing it that's what I did in the beginning and then eventually I got better than the people that were better than me because they weren't pushing they weren't like and I hate the word grinding because it's the grinding is is poison. All right, they weren't hustling to get better. All right, because everybody says that grind it ain't grind grinds you down mentally, physically, emotionally, and that's why people end up hating comedy. All right, but if you hustle, if you treat it like this is my favorite thing in the world, I'm gonna do everything I can to keep doing this. Then you'll be fine. You want to know why I missed half your set? I've been grinding. You've been grind- <laughs> You've been reaching for the stars, I've been, bro. I've been grinding. The, the, the stars are as high as you can go, bro. The stars, you reach for them, and they're they're high, bro. And they're the highest you can go is the stars. <laughs> the stars. The stars. You bro. gotta say it in that. The stars, bro. Dude,
1: I feel like we went so above and beyond with your do not. I really appreciate you sharing it. <laughs> yeah, man. So I just want to bring up my do not. So my big do not for this episode is do not think you're it. You record yourself right now doing comedy. You think that's your best set? Wait one year, listen back to that set, and you will cringe. You go, oh, my God, I can't believe I thought I was so good. Dude, the egos, I think that's where it's coming from. Uh, Do not have a big ego. That's an easier way to say it.
0: That's in life. You want to keep your ego right-sized in life, not just comedy.
1: Humbleness. Just know you're going to get better. You're not the best you're going to ever be right now. Stop acting
0: like it. Also, and you're also no one no one wants to hear oh, I'm a piece of shit. Keeping the ego right sized does not mean smashing the ego because if you have no ego and the psychological sense of the word you're not going to take care of yourself you're not going to fucking brush your teeth or eat well or like be active so keeping the ego right size is about remaining teachable i'm not the best i'm not the worst you know i i'm i'm teachable i have more to learn that's why i've said multiple times it's like i know as much as someone who's been doing this 12 years knows stay open to learning i liked how you said that so much remain teachable
1: like i i think people that think they're it are these people that say they have an hour and the, so they get booked as a headliner, and they go up there and just well, crap. Don't think you're it. Be honest with yourself.
0: That's the curse of. Uh, I mean, look, you got like you have to be a smidge delusional to think that. Fuck. I mean, look, what we do is a little egotistical. Like smidge. I'm, I am on, I'm on stage with a microphone. Pay attention to the things I'm saying, right? So there's a, it's egotistical endeavor. It really is. But it's like, like I said, keep the ego right sized, like you know you 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 you're providing a service to the audience. At the end of the day, like you see it happen where people get really famous really quick but they don't have the time to back it up. You know, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier, never lie about the amount of time you can do. Just be honest with yourself. And I feel like if you're honest with yourself and you're always hanging around people that are better than you, that won't happen. Do not think you're it, be honest with yourself and keep an
1: open mind to learning. I love that, man. So, what would be an exception to this? Do not think you're it. When is a time to to think you're it? And I think the one exception is right before you go on stage. You got to tell yourself, like, "Hey, have a good time out there. I'm I'm ready for this. I'm good enough. You're smart enough. enough, You're smart enough. People like like you. (laughs)
0: Look again. It's it's keeping the ego right sized
1: Do you do that right before you get on stage? You're like, I I got this. You know, like suddenly you're trying to psych yourself out.
0: Well, look, like I knew I was going to do well. Like, I just knew I was going to do well. And I didn't do as well as I thought I was going to do because I had to deal with these other moving parts of the show. And, like, one of the younger guys who was on, he's like, what would you rate your set? And I'm like, probably like a C- because I'm hard on myself. Now, in in reality, to someone watching the set that thought it was really great, came up to me and be complimentary. Yeah, so I can be really hard on myself sometimes. And, like, it's not, that doesn't do anybody any good. Like, you're not going to be your best self if you're not kind to yourself. Because at the end of the day, you bring you wherever you go. So if you're a miserable fuck and you bring that energy to the stage, like, people can sense energy. And, like, then you're affecting everybody around you, you know. So it's like taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental health, taking care of, of your physical health. It's like that all matters. And it keeps the ego from running rampant you know um so n- the the exception to the rule is maybe one day you'll be it the funniest people that ever do comedy that i've met think they're so so at comedy and the people that are absolute fucking poo poo think they're god's gift to comedy
1: <laughs> that's exactly what i'm talking about that's fantastic yeah. right <laughs> you ain't
0: spe- you ain't special like none. like look we have a finite amount of time on this fucking blue ball all right so use it to make people's lives decent like use it to be helpful be of service like i literally like you might think this is hippy dippy but sometimes when i'm at my best i'll sit quietly before my set and and i'll say universe or god or whatever please help me be of service with the gifts you have given me all right because i have a gift to do this and so it's me being of service to that group of people and i'm not a religious dude i'm a i'm a believer in like i put out into the into the ether into the universe the energy that i'm requesting help with. Like so it's like when you when you reach out to something that's bigger than you to help aid you in this endeavor which is being of service to people. You know, um Richard Pryor used to pray before getting on stage. He used to say, God, you do the talking I'll do the walking you know? And it's like if Richard Pryor can pray before getting on stage, who the fuck am I? You know, so it's oh, like it's so okay. so, like, so that's how that's how you keep the ego right sized. You're not the center of the universe. I am so confused. This exception. This is this is an exception to the exception. You
1: know, I'm saying like, yeah. You know, before you get on stage, you're like, I got this. I know I'm funny, and here you are saying, meditate, yep. ask for a bigger power, the stars,
0: man. Read for, for the stars, dude. Homie. Full, full circle with the Rachel. stars. But bro, it's like, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's just like it's it's self. You look at any any meditation guru or any yoga or Eastern philosophy, and it's it's about being of service to your other humans. It's like we're all one and 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 in that and that energy when you walk up on stage. Like It's all one thing. We're all people, and we're all just trying to make it through. This is what I do to keep my ego right-sized. I'm not saying that's what you need to do. Sometimes maybe you do need to give yourself a pep talk. Maybe you do need to fucking bolster yourself. Me, I need to keep myself right-sized and focused. And I have better sets when I realize that I'm just there to be of service to the audience. And, and, and 90% of the time, if I have a bad set, it's not the audience it's not the audience it's me I had a I had a, uh, I have a, a a finite amount of time to make the decisions and I don't always make the right decisions but over time and practice I make more right decisions than wrong decisions you know um, and I even make right and wrong decisions in the middle of a set you know and it's like all right that didn't work I'm gonna go here but that comes with time and like I said e- e- keeping your ego right sized in the world of comedy it's the same as keeping your ego right sized in anything you want to get good at If you want to get good at basketball, you hang out with motherfuckers that are dunking on your ass, all right? If you want to get good at skateboarding, you hang out with a motherfucker who is kick-flipping over a garbage can, you know? And that's, you know, in comedy, people always, like, try to hang out with their peers, and that's a good thing, build each other up. But are you watching people that are better than you?
1: So I think this rule has no exception, no. (laughs) And I love it. This is our uh, ninth episode, and I love it. There's no exception to the do not think you're it
0: no until you're until you're it
1: until you're it that's the
0: one but even the it guys have guys that they think are better than them i mean you dude i was hanging at the comedy store and like fucking that incident where dave chappelle got attacked on stage just happened and it was like two days later and hanging at the comedy store and fucking um there was like rumor and he ended up doing like a, a set in the in the belly room And say what you want about Dave Chappelle. I mean, he's still one of the greatest comics. Do I agree with everything he says? No, but I don't have to in in order to respect him. But you know who else was there? Chilling. And nobody was talking to him. was a dude named Earthquake. Have have you ever heard of Earthquake? Yeah. Earthquake is an OG and I've, I've rarely seen anybody kill as hard as the comic Earthquake Earthquake is, the, is so fucking funny and he was just sitting there and I had worked with Quake a long time ago and no one was talking to him everybody was buzzing about Dave Chappelle you want to know who introed Quake's new special I think Dave Chappelle did yeah he did right and, and, like, and it's like so even the guy who everybody calls the goat has someone he looks up to like, so it's remained teachable no matter where you're at. Wow.
1: That, that was a, an analogy and a half, man. I love that. So this is the part of the show where, you know, we've been talking so much about comedy. You've been giving up so much great advice. It's a comedy podcast. I want to play a clip of your comedy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Buckle up. It's like, come on, dude. You talk to talk. Let's walk the walk. Anyways, we're going to go into a, a clip of Dave Yates' comedy right now. Enjoy.
0: Sometimes people are going to compare their struggles to mine. Uh, I was hanging out with a friend of mine and he's like, yeah, Dave, I think I got a soda problem. (laughs) What? He's like, yeah, man, whenever I drink a Coke, I can't stop drinking Cokes. You're an alcoholic, so you understand, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Like I've never drinking too many Cokes and soiled my bed sheets. It's like I never had to burn my mattress because of a 30 rack of Mountain Dew. (laughs) But I wanted to mess with him a little bit. I'm like, well, there was this one time where I drank a whole bunch of Dr. Peppers and ended up with my pants around my ankles. I was like, are you serious? I'm like, no, dude, that's Forrest Gump, okay? <laughs> Happens all the time. Like this girl came up to me and she's like, hey, congratulations on six years sober. I know exactly how hard that is. I'm like, oh word, you're sober too? She's like, no. <laughs> I'm gluten intolerant what she's like yeah it's totally the same i'm like i don't think it is she's like it's totally the same listen listen i can't even have one mike's hard lemonade or my stomach will hurt so bad i won't go to work the next day i'm like if i have a mike's Hard, i'm never showing up to work again And she's still trying though. She's like, no, 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 it's kind of the same because like, I'll go cold turkey for a while, but then I'll slip up and I'll have a muffin. (laughs) And look, muffins are good. I'm not going to fight that part, you know? (laughs) But I I looked at her dead in the eyes. and I said, hey, let me ask you this. Have you ever eaten 12 muffins and tried to fight your dad? (laughs) Because it's not the same. Because if it was the same, I could just imagine her sitting outside of a bakery at nine in the morning and the baker comes out. So motherfucker, not again. I thought I told you not to come around here anymore. But Jim, I just need one more scone to get me through the morning. Like I feel like comparing your gluten intolerance to someone's alcoholism is like, if your leg falls asleep, and then you go and tell an amputee about it. Look at this Well, that's what I do. And uh, if you like it, awesome. Follow me on social media at Yates Comedy. If you don't like it, that's cool too. The Grateful Dead said this. We're like black licorice. Not everybody likes black licorice. But the people who do fucking love black licorice love it they love it where can we find you at Yates Comedy on everything Y-A-T-E-S comedy everything
1: and you have a website
0: yeah Yates dot com
1: dot com Sam old school man you gotta say it <laughs> can't put W-W-W
0: it out www.com <laughs> Yatescomedy.com.
1: <laughs> Don't just put a big umbrella like, yeah, I'm like, okay, what's it on Facebook? And Damien's comedy. Okay, what's it on Instagram? And Damien's comedy. <laughs> yeah, man.
0: Because it's just like, man, it's u- a uniform thing. Like it's easy because not everybody uses the same shit. So I know it's so hard to keep up with that. Yeah, I gotta fight ten thousand mother motherfuckers who are good at this job. So like,
1: <laughs> I think it's even more than that now. Yeah. Feels like it sometimes, Dave. Thank you so much for being uh, on Comedy sh- Babble, we're sh- man. We're
0: shaking hands, audience. We have to. We have to touch. It's. Don't think you're it. Touch my hand. <laughs> hey. And and don't don't th- don't. But listen. I'm just, reading the crowd right now, just, man. Just remain, remain teachable in whatever endeavor that you're doing. The man who remains teachable is smart. The man who thinks he knows everything has nothing else to learn. You know what the man who's
1: teachable does?
0: You were for Trent the stars, stars bro. Man, you looked at the
1: stars. <laughs> yeah, and the stars are as high as you can go, bro. Dave Yates, you're awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Trent. And that's all she wrote. I'm the she in this scenario, and I'm happy. I get to be myself. Finally. I love what Dave Yates says about, you know, don't just plow through your material when you're in a bar or some other type of janky show. You know, you have to take in your surroundings in those types of shows. He was very specific. Club shows, you can plow through that material and that's where that works. But everywhere else besides clubs, you basically have to take in the room. Say something, because that's what those crowd members want. They want to know that you're in the moment. I just took a lot of advice from this episode. I loved it. I hope you did too. Tune in next week for another episode. Go to my website, www.trentbabbcomedy.com. Follow me on Instagram for all that stuff. I, I really hate saying all this crap. It doesn't matter. Just tune in next week. Have a great day.